0: Hey there, folks. Rob Hessler here with another episode of Art on the Air, my weekly Savannah Morning News special. Have a great episode lined up for you again this week. I spoke with Lila Clink of Elite Apparel from her studio space from the location, and we had a great conversation. Lila is an artist who originally came up in fashion and eventually moved over to fibers at SCAD and. She has been in the grind for a very, very long time. She has worked her way up and finally recently opened up a full space that she's operating Elate Apparel out of. And so I wanted to catch up with her because I know that there's a lot of other artists who are, you know, have been in the grind for a long time and have started their own business. And it's just a really cool sort of story and a story of perseverance. And Lila is absolutely lovely as well. She's a great, gregarious person that I think you're going to enjoy hearing from. Wanted to mention, as always, you can catch past episodes of Art on the Air, my corresponding Art off the Air column, as well as my Sunday columns at SavannahNow.com in the entertainment section and in the lifestyle section. Last week, I had the opportunity to speak with the folks of the Nomadic Photo Arc over at Sulphur Studios, which is a really fun interview Plus, I did a column about two young creatives who were up to a lot of really interesting things, one from Savannah Arts Academy and one from Deep Center, and I think you're going to want to check out both of those articles. Again, SavannahNow.com in the entertainment section and in the lifestyle section. But let's get to this week's episode of Art on the Air. Again, Lila Klink of Elite Apparel talking about how she came up through the arts, everything that she's working on today and how that very first printed t-shirt went. Enjoy. Rob Hessler here with Art on the Air Field Notes. I'm speaking with Lila Klink, and we are at Elate Apparel, her business... Describe what you do here because actually, I feel like you kind of do a lot of different (laughs) things. So, Lila, explain what you're doing here at Elite.
1: You know, it's funny, people always are like, What do you do? Like, what's your business? I'm like, Uh. Uh, So, here we do screen printing. We do mostly commercial screen printing. Um, So, we do have our own designs, but we do so many other people's (laughs) designs that when we get to do our own designs, it is such a treat. Uh-huh. Um, but yes, we do screen printing. We have vinyl, we have sublimation, which has blown up recently in the pandemic with stay at home moms. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we, we try to do too, a little and too much all at the same time. <laughs> we try to, we try to do as much as we can, but often take on a lot of projects that we should just say no to so- we do it because we enjoy it because we want people to be elated which is silly but that's how we came up with that name it's like this is the perfect name because elate the word it just means to bring joy or overjoyed and that's the goal is to bring joy into people's lives for whatever it is that we are creating for them with them working with them just like hey we had this great conversation and i was elated by it like
0: why not that's so sweet. I love that. That's such a nice... It's such a nice vibe. I mean, just to start people off. They know what they're getting into, that that kind of vibe. It doesn't... I don't know. It just feels... That's just a nice, nice way to start things off. Describe kind of like... I mean, you say you're doing these things. But like, what does that mean? Are you starting at the graphic design phase? Are you starting at the discussion of like... Somebody comes to you with an idea and they're like, I have no idea what I want to do, but I want to do this. Or is it more like... Refined, like kind of like go through the go through what you actually do here, like on a daily basis.
1: So, um, well, every client is different, everybody that comes to us has a different need. A lot of them often already have their design, and so they come to us and they say, Okay, well, I want to get this printed, what's the process? And then that's when I break down, well, it depends on how many colors it is. It depends on the type of garment you want it on. Um, Are you looking... You know, a lot of people that are just kind of starting off, they are working on a budget. Mm -hmm. And so I work to fit within that budget, like without hurting them and myself, obviously. And so these are. this is the process that I go through. Okay, like, how many colors does your design have? How many locations do you have? What type of garment do you want it on? What, you know, like, what is your budget, as I said? Um, and then from there, if they have a design, I look at it, and then, you know, we, I give them a quote, and I'm like, well, this is about, you know, what it's going to cost you to do this. And anymore these days, it's a lot more than it was A week ago, even, Um, which, you know, that part is scary. Like when you hear that number, you know, for anybody that's like, oh, it's like, this is where we are now, unfortunately. But yeah, that's the process. And I love when people come in and they're like, these are all my ideas. I had a guy come in last week and he was showing me all these ideas that he had. He was on Canva and created all these things. I was like, cool. And he's like, I've been to other screen printers and I've been to other people and they won't take me. They say that they can't print my design. And I'm like, well, let's look at your design. I'm honest with people. Yeah. Probably sometimes a little too honest. You know, and I'm like, you know, he showed me his design. I was like, that can totally be screen printed. It's likely the amount of screens that have to be used. Mm. So I explained to people the screen printing process. Most people do not understand the screen printing process. They don't understand that. you're like They'll sh- they'd be like, hey, can you screen print this photograph? It's like... Probably, but that's going to be a lot of screens. So, because they don't think about for every screen is one color, right? Right, and so and then if you have multiple locations, and that location has multiple colors, that's another screen. And so, I've seen very few businesses sort of break it down that way. Um, I know celebrities used to have this really great kind of breakdown illustration on their website of how the screen printing process works. And I really appreciated that. So when I set up my website, I sort of mimicked that. I tried to like mimic that a little bit without like directly copying them because I was like, yeah, they're explaining how the process works, you know, because sometimes you don't get that person that's like willing to sit down with you because it's it's too busy in the shop or they're just not willing to, you know, and to honestly say, this is how it works. So if you want this done, like, we can do it, but this is what it's going to take to do that.
0: Well, and that's such a good point because, like, I'm an artist and an art person and I talk to art people all the time. And, like, I've talked to other really incredible screen printers like Titty Bats and, like, Mm -hmm. people who are doing really cool stuff. And, like... Even I don't fully understand the process, and I'm, like, one of the people who should understand the process. So, like, laying it out for an everyday person who owns a business who's not necessarily, like, an art person, like, I think most people aren't going to really know what's up. And that also kind of explains to them why it costs X amount.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So, it's funny because you keep saying, like, I'm doing this or I'm doing... This. It really is you. It's you and you have one other person here working with you. It's you, like... So the relationships like when you're creating a project it's literally Lila and Hunter and Hunter and the client. yeah so I mean what's that like because it's like it's you have a business name a late which is Mm -hmm. what you've explained but it's like it all kind of is on your back. It's on your shoulders. <laughs> in fact, today we're here, and you have a sunburn because you
1: were out <laughs> doing an
0: event yesterday. Like you were out, literally selling your prop, your your brand at an event. So, like, it's you in a lot of ways.
1: Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I don't think of it like that. I really don't. Well, how do you think of it? Then? Um. I like to think of it as we, you know, when I, even on our website, it's like, let's grow together because we are all starting somewhere and none of us do this alone, period. It doesn't matter what you do. None of us do this alone. Right. We are all in this together. And so that's often how I approach people and being in the service industry for over 20 years. Like I have a love hate relationship with people, but I mostly love people and I love human connection. And right. I love like face-to-face interaction, because to me, that's really important. Everything has become very automated. It's all online. It's all social media. And so much of it anymore, I feel, is very, like, disconnected. Mm -hmm. And I like to connect with people. That's what I really enjoy. And I think other people enjoy that, too. You know, it's like... Because we just want to connect and that's how we do it as business owners. We connect with each other, you know, like through pop-ups and things like that. Like there's networking, but you're connecting with the person who's purchasing this because they connect to your product that you're making. But when they're looking to make their own product to build their own brand, like when you can connect with them and make them feel good about their own product, that is, Kind Of boosts their self esteem or boosts their ego, if you will. Yeah, um, not necessarily, but it makes them feel better about what they're doing, sure. You know, because it feels like so many people are like, I want to start my own brand, or like, I want to do this thing, and we all want that, so you know, like, I don't want to be somebody else's competition. I'm like, well, let's do this together, let's work together to build each other up.
0: I love and that, and you know, it's funny because. It is true. It's like as artists, we work in a little bubble, like we're on our own. And so we might have an idea, but we don't really know if it's any good. Like we don't really, and we don't really necessarily, I mean, you can look stuff up on the internet and stuff, but it's nice to have somebody actually a person, another human being, like respond with feedback, work with somebody. Like you said, you had somebody come in and bring a design say, well, how can we do this? Like, be honest with them. Like, how can you make this thing happen? And I think that that's kind of nice. Is like, because most folks are just operating within this bubble. And I think it was interesting, too, is that we all learned how important that human contact was, I think, during the height of the pandemic, it's like, we could not have that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, my gosh, wow. Like, I really need to be around people. So having that personal connection is kind of nice. It's like, oh, it's you say ego, but really it is like, you need some confirmation. Like, am I yeah. has a thing I've been working on for X amount of time to try to do? Is mm-hmm. it like, it, will it resonate with like another person? Yeah. So that's kind of cool. I want to take this all the way back though, and I want to I want to talk about the beginnings of a late. But I actually want to kind of take a step back even further than that because I want to know, like, talk a little bit about your artistic background because you're trained as an artist. So, like, you have this artistic background. So talk a bit about that if you could. So. Uh- so I would not
1: consider myself trained as an artist at all. Um, I i mean, I went to art school. So I started... Um, I, I got into screen printing through art school, honestly. Uh, and where'd you go to art school? Uh, I finished... I went to SCAD. I started in Tampa, which is funny. I have a fashion degree. Fashion design and, and marketing, which marketing is funny because I'm terrible at it. But uh, Are you? that is... Are I you? think so. I mean, we're sitting you gotta in the be office like office right now. <laughs> you gotta do all this social media stuff. It's such a pain in the. Ass. <laughs> it's such a pain in the. Ass. But no, I started there. I mean, I feel like just as a kid, I'm just like always been drawn to the arts in some way. Yeah. And I never considered myself an artist. I just enjoy art. Oh I enjoy my. making. I want to touch things. I want to like doodle even if it doesn't look good in somebody else's eye because art is subjective. Like It looks good to me. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean to you? Mm-hmm. It connects to me. So, um, so I was like, you know what? I want to pursue this. And I thought fashion was the direction that I wanted to go. And then when I moved here and I took the fashion classes here, I didn't particularly care for... I, I mean, I'm going to sound like an soul but I just didn't care for the teachers and I didn't care for the students because okay. I didn't feel like I fit in. Because what I started in, off with fashion, what I was doing in Tampa was S&M wear, which is, you know, in Florida, they're not as conservative as, say, Savannah. Even at an art school, Savannah can be pretty conservative in terms of what you design so i like pursued those things in the fashion department and i just got a lot of like i didn't get a lot of good feedback right so when i was in tampa i had teachers that specialized in in certain things that interested me so i switched my major to fibers and that's where i was introduced to screen printing not that screen printing is some secret thing but it was one of the class requirements and i was like this is awesome this mm. is great um, fibers alone is great. I've done... I have really fell in love with weaving, with doing hand-dyed fabrics. The history of fabric is very tedious, but incredibly interesting um, yeah. when we think about... Because we don't ever think about, like, where does cotton come from? Why does this feel the way it is? Why is it spun the way it is? Why is it called ring-spun cotton versus just a tight, tight-knit cotton? Like, those things are really interesting to me. And people don't think that's, like... We don't think about that yeah. in the everyday world... About, like, fabric where it is today, where fabric was so important. Yeah. And it was it was considered money at one point. So I just really dove into that. And then um, the screen printing part, I just... I got really carried away with it. Um, specifically in my class, we focused on... Um, we learned with water-based inks. And we did a lot of repeat pattern design, which honestly was my passion. I wanted mm-hmm. just this great warehouse so I could just do... All these really cool repeat pattern designs on fabric um, and kind of ended up here Uh not that it's not still a goal um, but it's been many years since I've done um, uh, repeat pattern design for screen printing um, or even my hand dyed fabrics I used to really love doing that and doing block printing which is really cool Um, so yeah so so
0: so, you're not trained except for that you were totally trained
1: I don't feel like I'm a trained artist, but I think of trained artists. i like, you know, I look at you and I look at all these other artists that are local, and I, I really admire them. But I have to remember that I can't compare my art to For somebody sure. else's yeah. art because my style is very different. Mm-hmm. Um, like I couldn't, you know, draw a bear to save my life, but I. And I love to do hand-dyed things. I just like to be handsy. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that I loved about screen printing, um, because you can get fabric digitally printing printed, but what I loved about screen printing, specifically for repeat pattern design, is that the tiny little mistakes that you might make make that piece that much more. For sure. You know, even with screen printing, I was trying to pump out shirts for the thing. And some of them, I was working with water base, and I hadn't worked with it in a while. Also, the ink was kind of old. And I'm like trying to push the thing through the screen and like parts of the design were missing. And I was like, meh, oh, well, you know, I'm like, we'll just run it through. We'll see what happens. You know, it's not perfect, but that's okay. And fortunately, uh, that kind of thinking is because I had really great teachers in the fibers department, specifically my... um, One teacher that I had for a dying class that she talked about happy accidents. Mm. And I loved that. And she, she, that, just that alone changed how I view art, period. I'm like, happy accidents. There are no
0: accidents. It's like Bob Ross, the happy accidents.
1: Seriously. Seriously. Yeah. Happy little trees, happy little accidents. So, um, you know, so that's helpful because you never know. Like, whatever. That one little mistake made that shirt unique or made that print unique. And that's what I like about it. So, that's what I like about the hand, you know. And it feels so Hunter does all of the printing now um, because I don't get to be on the press. I got to be in here and I got to take care of all these things. And the down, so it felt good to be on the press and be like, you know, cool, making some, printing some shirts. And why don't I do this more often? (laughs) Oh, because. I make I make myself too busy, you know. So, cuz we talk about new designs all the time, we're like, "Oh, this would be such a great design." And, you know, it's it's finding the time to even sit down to like mm-hmm. pump out another design and will it sell at a market or, you know, whatever. So,
0: Well, we talked are, about that a little bit before we started the recording. It's like you know being busy And like you just You're a small business owner So you're like taking on It's hard to turn down work Because you never know When your next job's coming in
1: Yeah Yeah Which is true I mean you don't It doesn't matter what you do You never know when you're next I mean honestly like If you're working a 9 to 5 Like if the building burns down You don't know if you have a job tomorrow Especially today Like you might not have a job tomorrow I mean that's A building burning down Is
0: like <laughs> it's Less huge, likely but- than
1: <laughs> I only say that because I I am still bartending on River Street. I've just taken my days back. I'm only three days a week because there's still a fear there about totally just like jumping all the way in. And I know if I jump all the way in, I'm going to be okay. It's going to be a struggle at first, but it's going to be okay. But there's still that fear. For sure. It's incredibly scary. And I see people, you know, friends that have taken these big leaps and just like, I'm all in. I'm doing it. And I'm like. I admired the out of you because I'm so scared to do it. And even Hunter last week, he goes, So, when are you quitting your job? And I was like, I don't know. I'm not ready. Well, and now I you're going
0: to be big time. You're going to get a newspaper I, article, I radio.
1: <laughs> oh, it's funny, even a manager at work, because I've been there for so long, and I think also it's like a comfort place. And it's um, like complacency because I know that I can fall back on that. And I know. And that is the worst thing about the service industry is like, oh, you can always fall back on this, but I don't want to fall back on that. You know, like I love doing stuff for other people. I love printing people's things. I love that people trust me to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, even if I fail, they trusted me. Right. Um, and I love that. And I just like, you know, so... But if I had more time to dedicate then I could work on new designs or new ideas to really push because I have a lot of we we signed a three year lease for this building. Like I wish we owned it but we don't but um so but I have like great a lot of ideas for this in terms Mm -hmm. of like how do we reach this community on this side of town on the east side of Savannah, which doesn't get a lot of recognition at all. You know, you say the east side of Savannah, and people have, like, a really negative view of it. And I'm like, Well, I've been over here almost 10 years just Mm -hmm. living over here. So, you know, like, there are some things that that are kind of scary, but that's in any part of Savannah. It doesn't Mm. matter where you are in Savannah. So, you know, I think the east side needs some recognition without the gentrification.
0: Yeah, okay. Out
1: the gentrification. (laughs) Don't start pushing people out of their homes because this is the place that people want to be. No, that's not okay. But why not give the people, like, what can we give people on this side of town in a creative light that draws more locals on this side of town in? I
0: love it. And one thing that you have done that I think has brought in some locals is you've been doing... Events in your parking lot bringing people in I went to one of them it was awesome I actually drove by the one that you did a couple of I guess it was was a weekend weekend. ago yeah Yeah. and I saw Ioli Malali was setting up her stuff Mm -hmm. and I was like it was all getting set up and I when you have a toddler you can't predict anything of what's going to happen in your day so (laughs) let's be honest I was like we're going to come back and then it was the toddler decided we were not coming back Oh, yeah. But,
1: <laughs> For the rest but of your life. <laughs> how did
0: that start? How did, like, you get that going? Because it, the, the one that I went to was cool. Like, you had a food truck. You had vendors. We bought some stuff from the vendors. We bought some stuff from the food truck. Your partner Casey was there, and mm-hmm. he, like, was selling mushrooms, mm-hmm. the mushrooms that he was growing. And the food truck had taken some of those mushrooms and made, like, fried mushrooms. It was oh, a so really good. fun thing. Yeah. I ran into some friends, like, that were here. Mm-hmm. How did that kind of all start, like, doing these things in the parking lot? How did you set all that up? How did that work out?
1: So that particular event, which was uh, in December, that was – we teamed up with Abode Studios Mm -hmm. right across the street from us, and um, it was a large, like, winter event for that. So it was here and there, but it was one event. So um, Eoli and I tried to put something together in – uh, November for that, but we were both so overwhelmed with the holidays. It was like pre-post-holiday, and um, so we decided not to do that event, and we looked at the date, and because she actually helped um, with that one. We kind of okay. put that together. So what we're looking at is to do quarterly events here that include, that's a little more inclusive, I mm-hmm. feel. Not to knock any market that is here in savannah because all the markets are amazing and they have all incredibly talented people um i feel like some of them are a little less inclusive than others yeah okay um and i don't mean that in a bad way there is sometimes in savannah you can just have like a particular taste and these artists meet that taste Mm -hmm. um so the punk rocky uh flea market yesterday there was, it, it did, did seem kind of like all in the same genre, but there were so many artists that had all kinds of different, really unique things. And I really appreciated that. I felt like we definitely fit in there in terms For of sure. like, what we create. Um, but I just want to create something where everybody can come. You know, like if you're a 13 year old and you painted these things. And you're like, I want to dip my toes in the water and see what it's cool. like to set up because I can't set up at any other event. You know, like, bring a four-foot table out here. Sell your sell your wares. Um, actually, you know, when the first Friday, uh, when they used to do the first Friday art march over on DeSoto, mm-hmm. it was very similar to that. It was like 10 bucks you could set up, and anybody could come. Anybody could set up. It, like, yeah. it felt, you know, and we were just starting off with the printing then so we didn't know anything about how to set up and make it look appealing or anything like we were just like here's our shirts that we did you know <laughs> and people liked them and it feels good when people b- want to have a piece of your work it feels good mm-hmm. um, it validates us as you said validates us as artists you know so when somebody wants something that I made I'm like really? oh my gosh yes <laughs> <laughs> at this point I want to give it to you <laughs> just, <see? laughs> It's Merry Christmas. Um, so, but, you know, that's the, the, there's the down and upsides about commercializing
0: your art. Yeah. Like, um, it's a really it's, fine balance. I it
1: mean, really is. And it's yeah. so hard. I was talking to a couple of people yesterday. It's like, it's hard to be, it's not hard to be an artist. It's hard to sell as an artist. Mm-hmm. Because there's so many artists and there's so many great artists. And your measure of success as an artist is often defined by money. Like I'm successful as an artist because people are buying my art for these high prices or left and right, you know, whether it's a high price or a low price. And I can't say that I haven't been caught up in the same idea, but at the same time, it's like arts for everybody. And, um, I know I've, I've talked about you a couple of times in the direction you went in with your art. And I was mm-hmm. like, I really admire that because it's, Art
0: for the sake of art. It's not for sale.
1: It's art for the sake of art. It's art that means
0: I'm the one that puts out all of the money and comes <laughs> out of the every single time I make it.
1: <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's for people to view, not take. Like you take it home here. So.
0: Well, it's interesting because you know I think that I, I was in the commercial world of art and galleries and selling work and stuff like that, and I realized that in order to really pursue that. It required a sacrifice of my artistic integrity in a way that I didn't feel so comfortable with. So I totally rejected that. Like, to the point where I don't sell anything anymore. Like, I don't want to sell any work. And I want to keep those things totally separate, which is why I write for the paper and do this stuff. Because it's like, that's a way that I can be in the arts and support other artists, which I love. You know, you're talking about this. Like, there's... I take such great joy in like highlighting other artists and you said there's so many great artists like dude my job is to talk to cool people like that's (laughs) literally my job job right like I
1: just I'm talking to you (laughs) not even a job I get to come here
0: and like talk about cool stuff with cool people like and and that helps me like I you know I feel like I'm in the arts but I don't have to and I get a I get paid, but I don't have to like make art to be paid. Yeah, you know, and um, and so it's interesting. But um, but you know, that's that thing too. Is like you know, you at the end of the day, though, you do need like there's Definitely that, but bills. you have to make money. Yeah, You're like, you like yeah, you, yeah. It's not. It's yeah. work. Yeah, it is. everything
1: we do is work. Like how, no matter how much time you dedicate to it, it's still work. You know. Mm-hmm. So, like I said that doing t-shirts wasn't particularly the direction that I was aiming for, but it's where we are, you know, Mm -hmm. it's where life kind of took us. And we started off as, um, actually, as you well know, as the Doghouse Studio. And that actually derived, we had an art studio when I was still in college, and it was myself and um, my friend Caroline, who is also a really incredible artist. What's Um, her last name? Sansone. Okay. She's actually out at Seawolf now. She's oh. She has done, well, she's more of a manager there, but her artistic point of view is all over that place. Mm-hmm. All over, like, she basically has done a lot of the beautification of okay. it. Okay. Nice. Um, so it's, it was her and I, and um, our friend uh, Victoria, who's no longer in Savannah, she's in New York now. So Caroline and I were both Fibers majors. And Victoria was in film, um, and we are like, we need a space to work that's not out in the SCAD buildings because they're not open 24 hours. Right. When you're a student in art school, you don't get a couple of hours, and then, no, you're pulling all-nighters. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Many all-nighters. And then just a place where we can be outside of that and focus, because there's so much pressure at SCAD. There's so much pressure on kids to be great. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we needed that sort of outside. So we created, like, we found this um, uh, apartment on 37th Street and we turned it into our art studio with the three of us paying for it. Nice. And that we did one art show there.
0: And, and how long ago was this? this is a bit now.
1: Yeah, this was in 2009. And I um, was there until 2013. Okay. So uh, it started out with the three of us. Then Victoria moved, and then it was just the two of us. And then Caroline moved, and then it was just me. And it became studio and apartment, uh, which was also really cool because sixteen hundred square feet of apartment plus studio space was amazing. Um, But that's actually how that started in Casey when Casey and I met. You know, I was just like, I'd actually taken one of Jefferson's designs, and I was like, Hey, man, like can I simplify this design and put it on a shirt and, like, s- split the money with you and just, like, sling some shirts? He was like, yeah, cool, whatever. And I built this table um, so that I could print on, and I was just, like, pinning T-shirts and, like, roughly kind of centering <laughs> this design, you know, and, and doing some prints. And, and um, you know, I made some cool things, and Casey was like, hey... bought you this t-shirt press and I was like I don't know anything about printing t-shirts and you just got me this press this person I barely know Um, (laughs) but that's how that started one Mm -hmm. t-shirt press a single color single station press and he actually learned how to use it before (laughs) I did he had to teach me how to use it and this is like kind of what it's grown into Casey i Honestly, Casey did a lot of the growing in terms of because I had to learn how to print differently, and it's not unsimilar to what I was doing at Scad. You still had to work with registration marks if you're doing multiple colors and things like that. Like it's still the same, but it was different. Mm-hmm. So um, I had to learn a whole different style of printing. Like screen printing is screen printing, but when you're doing apparel, it's it's different, you mm-hmm.
0: know. Um, and you're referring. I just want to. Let our audience know you're referring to Jefferson O'Neill and Casey Patrick, the, yes, as far yes. as the people that we're mentioning. And actually, I interviewed Jefferson before. Jefferson's yeah, been on the yeah, radio I show before. I and we talked that. about one of the shirts that you guys actually printed, which was the shirt of, it was a Stranger Things... Yeah. Variation, but like Magnum PI, yeah, the Harper Pi, thi- yeah, heart yeah, exactly, yes. Harper Pi, and I have that shirt actually. I have a <laughs> couple of your shirts. I have that one. I have a St. Patrick's Day shirt. Gretchen has one of the ones with like the heart and the art the heart, heart. the art heart. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so we have some of your stuff, and of course we have a bunch of pillows because you did a job for Gretchen's business G two a couple yeah, of years right. ago with the camera. And so we have those I literally use that pillow every day still. So, nice. <laughs> so I still have that from the early days. That's such a cool story though, like pinning a shirt and onto like a board and doing mm-hmm. your first print and being in this space now. How big is this space?
1: Um it it's it's just under twelve hundred square feet. It's so, literally it's a house that was turned into a business. And this this has been it was a barber shop for many years. It was all. It's only been a barber shop as far as I know. Like, and then, and now we're here.
0: I love it though because like you're talking about like you love making art and all this stuff, and yeah. I wanted to mention this. But when I first came in, one of the things I most noticed it smells like an art studio.
1: Does it? Really? Do you know what I'm talking yeah. about? I'm so like used the to the, smell. the fumes smell and the it. paints
0: and like oh, yeah. and like the textile, the fabric, and everything like it just smells like a place where things are being created. Like art. art is being created. And I yeah. love that. Like, so mission accomplished, successful, I guess I would say, okay. you know what I mean? Like yeah. when I look at it, cause you can't see it because it's like when we don't notice it, notice ourselves age in the mirror because we, it happens so slow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I remember seeing, like I've known your work now for a long doghouse studios and all that. And I see it that versus now it's easier for me. From, as an outsider, to see progress. Like, because for me, it's like years jump forward and I see you and I see the space again and it's just cool. You yeah. know, it's cool to come in here.
1: Yeah, I, I guess I don't look at it. I, it is cool to come in here because I spend, I'm here more than anywhere else now. It used to be I was at the restaurant more than anywhere else. Now I'm here. I spend all of my time here. <laughs> I try and give myself, like, at least one day off a week where I'm not, like, completely immersed in work but it's not
0: always it's hard
1: yeah i'm I'm either answering emails or doing you know now casey's doing mushrooms so like making mushroom jerky or pickling mushrooms now like i I stay busy but i don't not like it i enjoy those things yeah i enjoy the food aspect of that like even though you know that has nothing to do with printing there's an art in that as well like
0: Oh, the photos that are going up on Instagram are so beautiful. Have you seen that? <laughs> Have you checked that out? Like the Instagram account for the his mushroom thing? It's beautiful. They're beautiful photos.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, it's it's, like, I'm Archie. kind of a jerk. I don't really see them that often. <laughs> it's probably an algorithm thing. Um, but I'm, I, you know, I'm terrible about posting our own pictures, like process pictures of maybe something that we design, because Hunter does a lot of graphic design. He was he did yearbook stuff for his high school, and mm-hmm. he's really knowledgeable about Illustrator, which is where we have to you know we vectorize images before we print them out on transparencies. And he's been very, very um, great in here. He teaches me a lot mm-hmm. that I didn't know, because I'm used to working in Photoshop for doing all of the, the art things, and like, mm-hmm. you know, like, if anything that's digital I'm used to working in Photoshop right. and then like I'm learning so much about Illustrator via Hunter you know he teaches me he's like you just gotta do this this and this and I'm like man you make it look so easy <laughs> <laughs> that's cool but through doing it you know like I, I feel a little bit more confident for sure now so so like I get to teach other people I'm like I don't know as much as some but I can teach you a little bit so if Eoli comes in here cause I let her come in here and print her stuff you know she's like hey I got this thing coming up can I come print I'm like yeah come print Because the goal when we had the art studio was for artists to come in and create. So yeah, and I remember talking to her and I'm like, man, I would love to have just like a whole screen printing studio. And she told me about her experiences being from Pennsylvania and the art studios that they Mm -hmm. had there that were geared towards screen printing and then um, New Orleans and the studios there. And she's like, Savannah has nothing like that. I'm like, I would love to be. A beacon of that or even help organize that because that's it's kind of what we always wanted so we've we've discussed doing small screen printing workshops you can just learn the basics about screen printing if you've never done it before and you're just or if you're just interested in learning the process for yourself you know Um, so talking about it's you know it's you know doing t-shirts versus doing other types of screen prints. Like I said, it is different. Like repeat Mm -hmm. pattern design, screen printing, there is a lot more mathematics involved in that if you're into that. Um, And there are people that do it around here and I found them and I'm like, did you screen print these? Oh, I love this. This is what I want to do. But not to discount what I do here, we've actually done a repeat pattern on the t-shirt press for a gentleman who was making masks for one of the local colleges. And he's like, can you do this? And we were like, we're gonna find out. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and it, we made it happen, we made it happen. It was, he brought us a fabric and um, we, it wasn't like a perfect repeat pattern design, but yeah, it was good, it was pretty good. So it took a lot of like, so this cool. person was holding this over here and like you had to hold the fabric out because you had to get all the fabric printed before you put it through this large conveyor dryer that we have that, you know, it uh, cures the, the ink onto the fabric. And so we're holding this over here. And I think Jefferson was here for that too. And he's like pulling, he's on over here on this side of the conveyor, like making sure that everything's like still flat. And that was fun. That was a challenge. <laughs>
0: oh, I love it Lila I, this has been great I, I do want to round off our interview here uh, but I'll, I'll just say this my face hurts because I've been smiling so much I'm so happy this, is so, this has been so lovely now if people want to come and check out Elate Apparel whether it be online in person what's the best way how can people kind of get involved or, or check you out
1: well I mean you can visit our shop if you're interested we're not really a retail location we do have a small retail space but if you just want to come in and like What do you do here? Uh, We're at 2105 Skidaway Road, right on the corner of Skidaway and 38th Street. So just look for the White House with the red door. Ring the bell, because we keep it locked.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And then what about Um, on, like, I know you say you don't put as much as you'd like to on Instagram, but you have Instagram and the website, too.
1: Yeah, Instagram or just Adelaide Apparel. Adelaide Apparel. Just Elate Apparel, mm-hmm. and then our website is elateapparel.com, which I'm not very good at keeping up with either. But that's okay; it's a work in progress. That's so just funny. like every business.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and I, based on our conversation, I have a feeling that there's going to be many new things that are going to pop up with Elate Apparel over the coming year. So that's very so. exciting. Thank you so yeah, much, Lila. Cool. I appreciate it. Lila, thank Klink, you. Elate Apparel. That's right. That's all the time we have for this week's episode of Art on the Air with your host, Rob Hessler. Listen every Wednesday for our live show, broadcasting from 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time on 107.5 FM, Savannah Soundings, and worldwide at wruu.org. And you can catch past episodes on the WRUU Station Archives on our website, as well as on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. We'll talk to you next week where we'll have another batch of art on the air.